O Lord God, thou art worthy, the great I am, in whom everything consists, and that upholds everything by his spirit, dear Father. Even the very breath of those that speak against thee, O Lord, and deny thee, dear Father, yet thou dost sustain everything, giving an opportunity to turn to thee, dear Father, while it is time. In the mercy of the bride, a blessing out of the Holy Word, in Jesus' name. I would like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him, and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name, receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if the hand of thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, Pluck it out, cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost, how think ye, if a man have an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine, and go in the mountains, and seek that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more over that sheep than over ninety-nine which were not, went not astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. I've read the verse up to verse 14. 
The disciples ask a recurring question of Jesus. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? I don't think they were questioning whether Jesus was going to be the greatest. It was more a matter of saying who among them should be the greatest. Because more specifically, in other record, it says that they wanted to be John and James wanted to sit at the right and the left side of Jesus in heaven, in his kingdom. Even at the very night of this betrayal, they were still arguing who should be the greatest. It was a recurring question with the disciples to want to be great. We are not exempt from that either. It's a tendency, a human tendency, to want to be great, to want to be accepted, and more than accepted, to be lifted up. We know that should not be the case. Jesus teaches them an object lesson here by calling a little child in the midst and perhaps embracing that little child. And you just can imagine that little child among those 12 grown-ups, how it must felt. But yet it came to Jesus because there was something about Jesus that did trap people, even they were children, unto him. And he said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of God, let alone be the greatest. You need to be converted and become humble as a little child. Otherwise you won't enter in the kingdom of heaven. No proud person can stand in the sight of God because he will resist him. As a little child, you can imagine it among those 12 adults and feeling secure in the embrace of Jesus and by how that little child felt, that's how we should be. Feeling secure in Jesus, but not proud for all the people around us. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. To receive a little child, first to acknowledge it, to appreciate it, and to receive it in the name of Jesus. In another part, Jesus said, He that wants to be great among you shall be servant of all, even servant to this little one, without exception. Because any service that is done in the name of Jesus will have its reward. It will be a blessing to those that receive it and to you that do it, does it. You want to be great. There's a lot of opportunity to serve in this world, even among the household of faith. There's a lot of opportunity to serve, to be great, through service. I wonder, when we witness funerals, what do people think? What do people remember about you? Argument that you had with them, perhaps? or service that he did, which was not heralded, but done in secret, but appreciated. Service, as Jesus came. It is a blessing when people can say of somebody that passed on, yes, he has been a good example, a real servant of the brethren. It's a blessing, like this past funeral we had, 
And all the children did testify how good a father he was. A father for, I gather, 16 years looking after the children carefully, and they had a good memory of him. What a blessing that is. Is that what we want? Or do we rather want to be recognized for the houses that we have, for the cars that we drive, for the places that we go? What a blessing it is when that kind of name can be left behind and encouraged. It. Jesus regards very important, even the little children. And we have to be careful how we deal with them. We should receive them and serve them, bless them, but be very careful not to offend them. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck than be drowned in death or sea. What a difference. If you offend one of these little ones, it would be better that a millstone be hung around. A millstone, you know, we, we have seen a few millstones. They're usually quite big and heavy, quite big and heavy, because you need the weight to grind. It's not enough just to turn, but there has to be enough pressure on the grain in order to grind it. And that kind of weight around the neck in the depth of the sea, how fast you would go down. He said, it would be better that happen to you than you should offend one of these little ones. Now, offense is something which is used perhaps too often lightly. What is offense? What is offense? Offense is a very serious thing we gather here. It's not just I don't like something or, or I'm displeased with something. No, it's something serious. The word says unto us that we should be careful what we do. Anything that causes my brother to stumble make, or make weak or offend him, be very careful. So it's something that makes you stumble, something that, that makes you weak, that gets you on the path of perhaps destruction. It can be happen. And woe unto him that causes the offense. Now often people feel offended or upset when there is really no reason for it. Often it's because of what they think, what they judge. Often it is ascribing motives to others that they do something because of a motive. We need to be very careful by assigning motive unto people. Jesus Christ, he sees the heart. He can judge the heart. We cannot judge the heart. We have to go what we see, what is done. Only the word of God is able to discern the intents and the thoughts of the heart. Let the word of God do that. But as far as we are concerned, let's rather err on the side of love. It says, love thinketh no evil. If you constantly assign motives that are evil to people, be careful, check yourself, what kind of motive you yourself have. Don't go just by feelings. Oh, I feel that I have been slighted. Feelings are not to be walked by. We walk by faith in the Word of God, not by feelings. If your religion is feelings, it's going to be a lot of ups and downs, ups and downs. It's going to be a trouble to walk. Don't go by feelings. Don't ascribe motives. Go by the but the fact is, and let the word of God judge 
rather be a good example. Those that complain often about things they don't like, what kind of example are they in the turn for better? And that day when judgment is going to be, none of those excuses will count. But what, you, what have you done about it? A comparison has been made to a thermometer and, or a thermostat. A thermometer shows the temperature, cannot do anything about it. A thermostat sets the temperature. Let's be rather a thermostat rather than a ther thermometer. <clears throat> Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. This world tells us there are going to be offenses that we're going to have to deal with. It's a matter how we respond. You have a choice either to take offense or not to take offense. That's your choice. If you lightly take offense at things, examine yourself. Why? Is it pride in you? Why do they do this to me? Why have they wronged me? Why did they do this? I don't like it. No. Examine yourself whether it's pride. Because a humble person is very difficult to, to offend. In, we read in the Psalms, Great peace have they that love, their, love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Jesus Christ is the example of not being offended by things. The only time that he was offended is when the honor of his father was at stake, when they misused the temple, when they perverted the gospel, that he was offended by. But not offended to fall, offended to defend. But any insult to himself, even he said blasphemy against the Son of God, shall be forgiven. And even at the cross when he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He did not take it personally. That's the way we ought to walk. Let's examine ourselves. If we get too often upset about things, let's examine why we don't have peace. We, we, if we seek peace in this world, how people are going to treat us, we're not going to find much. We're going to be soon upset, perhaps even offended. Some of the things that offend us, that make us weak, or cause us to stumble, we ourselves cause. That's why it says here, Wherefore, if the hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for, for thee to enter into life halt or maimed, rather than having two hands and two feet and cast in everlasting fire. Your hand, cut off your hand? Does it mean literally? Or is it something that you are involved in, something that you do, that you get involved in? that causes to get weak or if to stumble. Let's be careful what we are involved in. Is we involved in it too much? Does it take us away from fellowship? Does it take away from meditation? Does it take away from prayer? Is it too important a thing that we are overtaken by it? The Bible says not everything is bad, but I will not be brought under the power of any of those things. If we are brought under the power, whether it be work, whether it be entertainment, whether it be places that we go, if they affect us, it's going to make us weak. Let's be careful that it ends up, doesn't end up to offend us. Or if an eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it out from thee, it's better for thee to enter life halt with one eye 
rather than having two eyes to be cast to hellfire. What are the things we watch? But do we allow ourselves to watch? What are the things that we allow in our home to be seen? Perhaps even of children whose minds are still being shaped greatly by what they see. Let's be careful what if, if you can you excuse anything that you have in your house when somebody comes to you and, and sees it? Would Jesus be pleased with some of the things that are available in your house? Let's be careful. Uh, lately, a, a hymn came to my mind. It goes like this. I would be true, for there are those that trust me. I would be pure for, the, for the, those that care. There are eyes that follow you, perhaps little eyes. I want to be true for them because they trust me. At home, I got a picture somebody gave to me. It shows an outdoor scene, and there's an older man walking there, perhaps a grandfather or a father, and a little girl following. And he says, where he leads, I'll follow. That hits home. I would be true, for there are those that trust me. I would be I pure, for there are those that care. There are those that care about what you do. You are not an island. This idea nowadays of indulging self and I'm not hurting anybody is absolutely wrong. Nobody is an island. We affect other lives by the example we live. How much we affect them, especially those that are small and impressionable. It's not the will of the Father that any of those little ones should perish. What do we do about it? Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven the angel, their angels do always behold the face of a Father which is in heaven. To think, you get the impression here, that specific angels are assigned to the little ones to watch over them. And they have access to the majesty on high in a glory that no human eye can behold. They behold the face of my Father in hell, Jesus said. And those little ones, be careful. Anything that happens to those little ones will matter to God, especially if it hurts them. For I say unto you that in heaven there are angels to always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. That which was lost, yes but also that which was in the fold and then got lost. I always wonder and how when some young people make a choice for studying in another city where there is no church, or going for work in another city where there is no church. It's so easy to get lost. It speaks about the sheep that get, how think you if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them gets gone astray, Thought he not leave the 99 and go in the mountains, take that which going astray. Notice, in the mountains, in the mountains, that's where the sheep get lost. On the plain, they can be seen, they see each other, they get together. But in the mountains, they can easily be separated. And that can happen also in a big city, even in Toronto. That's why we have to be very careful. Those that come to a big city to study, 
to make sure to reach out to them. I'm thankful for some brethren when I came to Toronto, even as a young man, that always was an open house to meet and to get together. It's important, that contact. Don't expect them just to show up also in church. But also there are six days in which they may be on their own. It's so easy to get this lost in a big city. Let's be careful and let's not send out our children out to a place where there is no church, where there is no care. Let's be careful. It's easy to get lost in a big city like ours. And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoices more over that sheep than ninety-nine which may not astray. Sheep are social animals. They have to be together. If one wanders off, it's because it's lost. And soon when it's lost, it starts lamenting. Be likewise, we should be like sheep, wanting to get together, be together, not to make excuses, finding other things to do. There are six days where we are busy with other things. Let's at least one day make sure that we can come together. And if we cannot come together, let us know what's the matter, what happens. Are we sick? Is there a reason why we cannot come? There has to be an effort to reach out among ourselves, to find the love that is among us. Not to, what are you doing? You find it easy to stay away and just let them worry what they think? You expect people to go after you? Yes, they should, but to expect to do it, that's wrong. That's wrong. Why do the sheep should be chased down? Should not be necessary. They should let it be known when, we, when they go somewhere. Take greetings with you. Bring greetings back. Know where you are. Sheep ought to be together. And a shepherd wants to be in their midst. Even so, it's not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That verse makes me think. Will some little one perish? Will some little one perish? It's not the will of the Father. Does that mean that they're eternally secure regardless what they do? Or does there have to be a cutting off of a hand, of an eye, pluck out, of leaving things that hinder? Little sheep can get lost if they don't heed. Sheep will wander away if they are not careful to look where the flock is, to heed the shepherd. Yes, the shepherd will go after them. They may be brought back, but let's not tempt too much lest there come a time when, when there's no return. Jesus, the good shepherd, is his wish that none of them should get lost, but the fact is that some will get lost, some will. That's the price of, of God giving us free will to choose to love him, to choose to obey him or not. It's important to come under the word. May the word convict us where we need to correct our feet to walk the right way. May the Lord bless his word. To him will the honor and glory evermore. Amen. It is a very peaceful thing to watch uh, a herd of sheep 
that obey the shepherd graze on a hillside. It's easy to be a shepherd if the sheep listen and obey. Let's be those sheep, O Lord, to be close, to walk together, to encourage one another, to pray for one another. If one is missing, to care for that sheep and contact them, ask them. Remember, we live in a big city. It's easy to get lost. It's easy to stay away. Let's care for each other. There are those that trust us. To him be honor. All our glory forevermore. Amen. Please conclude our service. <laughs>